inspired, informative, and entertaining. This broadcast is brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership. Welcome to It's Her Story, a weekly broadcast featuring women who inspire us to be the best versions of ourselves, bringing the heart, the soul, and the brilliance of women to the forefront by sharing their unique stories. I'm your host, Karen Colonna, engaging guests to share their stories of how God has led them to it, delivered them through it, and prepared them for it. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of It's Her Story. I am Karen Colonna, and I have the honor of being your host for this wonderful 30 to 40 minutes of special time with a very special guest. Uh, Today, we have Beth Gully, and Beth became a friend of mine about a year ago through Women in Christian Leadership. We were sitting on one of our very first coffee and conversation sessions together and were challenged as a group to find an accountability partner. And this chat popped up on my screen from this person I'd never met before who said, will you be my accountability partner? And I will tell you that God has divine providence because we came together and we've pretty much talked on Zoom uh, almost every week since then and have brought so much, so many gifts to each other's lives. And I'm so excited. She's going to share so many things with us today. Beth is an author, an illustrator, and a graphic designer, and has been recognized as one of the 94 professional ambigram artists worldwide. We'll learn here in a minute what that is and how it has helped transform her her faith and, uh, and her purpose. Beth founded BT Graphics in 1990 and has been designing ambigrams and logos for the past 30 years. Beth believes that everyone has a God-given purpose, and sometimes we need to embrace it instead of hide from it. She's going to talk today and remind us that God doesn't inspire us to do something and then not give us the tools to complete it. She will share how she said yes to God's call, not once, but three times, and the steps that she took to answer. Beth, welcome to It's Her Story. Thank you, Karen. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate this. (laughs) Wow. Beth and I talk so often. So, and we're, we record these on zoom. So we see each other and it's, it's funny to do it with a little bit of a different intention. So I'm going to warn the audience, there might be a tangent or two, and there could be some significant laughing. And that's the beauty of this partnership and some of the God inspired thoughts that come our way. So let's just jump right in. And Beth, what I'd love is talk a little bit about your journey as an artist and how faith became, you know, a forefront part of your journey. And then maybe explain to us what an ambigram is, and then the rest will kind of flow from there. Well, sure. So I am a graphic designer and I started focusing on logo designs and annual reports and things like that and was loving having my own business and getting to know my clients as friends. And the business just bloomed and it was a wonderful outlet for me creatively. But the year that I gave my life, my, my heart to Christ was the year that I suddenly saw my graphic design business as more of a ministry Um, I remember when clients would come into the office, I felt like they were, they were coming in to see me. I felt like my office 
was a sanctuary for them where they could come and share. And it was disguised as an office. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it was a sanctuary disguised as a business office where people could be free to share and talk and not just about our business and the designs that we were going to work on, but we went deeper and it was just an opportunity that God had given me. And I knew when I had a deadline that it didn't matter because he was in charge of my day. And if somebody came in and they needed to talk about something, I gave my full attention to that. And that was life-changing for me as a graphic designer to realize that God was using me in a whole new way. So when you were talking about your office becoming a sanctuary or what you had done as your profession changed and became a purpose, I think it's a misconception that for us to be serving God with the talents that he's given us, at least for me, if I wasn't doing it in a Christian forum or if I wasn't doing it and referencing a Bible verse, then I wasn't fulfilling a God-driven purpose? And what if just living in the grace and the gifts God gave us every day, that is the purpose. He made us all unique. He gave us all unique gifts. He just wants us to step into them. So you have this moment, this epiphany where the light comes on and wait a second, there's a different path I can pursue, maybe even a different intent with a similar profession. So you have this epiphany and then where did it kind of go from there? So my relationships with my clients um, just grew and I never really felt like I was working. I felt like I was doing what I love with people that I love and helping them to grow their businesses. And then what I would do, I would create my own Christmas card every year. That was something that I got to do for me, you know. <laughs> and in 1992, um, before I gave my heart to Christ, um, I designed my first ambigram. And so an ambigram is a word that flips upside down or is inverted and becomes a different word. Sometimes it's the same word. And this particular year, um, I decided to write the word happy holiday and just make it look like a snowflake because I'm a graphic designer, I could probably do that. And so I had written it out. And when I came back from lunch, it had fallen on the floor. And when I picked it up, I could see how the Y in happy could make an H for holiday. And after about a week of tweaking back and forth and almost thinking that it wasn't going to work, it just took one simple tweak to pull it together. And, and I had it, didn't know it had a name. <laughs> and so that was my card that year. Two years later, when I had had my, my growth spurt in my faith, that Christmas I prayed first. And what happened I started to work on my card and, you know, this is the end of November and I decided to pray first. And before I even said, amen, I got the idea to do Santa one way and Jesus the other way. And I thought, 
that'll never work. You know, I thought that was my thoughts, not God's thoughts, because it seemed insane, even though I had already done an ambigram before. And so I started drawing out the elements that had to be in Santa, the beard, the hat, and his little mustache. And when I sketched those out, which it didn't look like anything to me, and I flipped it upside down, the mustache on Santa became the hair at the top of Jesus's head, which every picture I've ever seen of Jesus, his hair is parted down the middle. So that mustache worked. And then the beard that was over Jesus's head now became like clouds. And the hat that Santa had on then became like a um, like a, a necklace or a chain or something with a, a coin or something on the end of it. So in black and white, it worked. And I was just blown away. And that sort of became a ministry piece for me. I remember thinking, I printed it on a postcard and I was like writing down how many different states it went to. And I was praying for all the postmen that would see it and that it would minister to them. And people would tell me that they had my, my postcard sitting on their desk and somebody came up to their desk and said, oh, what a cool picture of Jesus. And they're like, Jesus, it's a picture of Santa. So they didn't even know that it flipped upside down, but having someone see it from the other viewpoint, then they realized that there was more to it. And in my, in my art, I've kind of always been an aha artist. I like things to have a little surprise. Um, I even do that in my logo designs too. And so um, it's no surprise to me that this, that, that my design style started moving into the arena of ambigrams and upside down images. I love the idea of the aha artist mm -hmm. because God is the ultimate aha artist. Oh, yes. <laughs> he creates, you know, and he creates a unique, beautiful, what did you say? You said that you are kind of an aha artist. And then you said something right after that, but you do things. A surprise. I like to have a surprise. Yes. That's what I was looking at. Okay. So because I love puzzles. Yeah. I just think puzzles are great. And so taking a word and manipulating it so it can work in both directions or even a picture, that's really fun for me. Well, and think about, so one of the things you talked about too, was that there came a point in your journey with your career, with your business, where some of that fun was starting to dim a little bit. And so you have your, you have your moment where you invite Christ into your heart. You have this epiphany of the ambergram showing you, I mean, literally, I've heard you do this in another talk where God created that for you. It just, it was there. Yeah. And people question God speaking to them. That was clearly a voice through a picture showing you a path. And now you have this gift of, of taking what you've done all these years, which is your professional talent as an artist. And now it's been molded in a different way as clay. And just even in the mail, just because you mailed it, there's an impression that goes out to all these people. And so you have this epiphany 
you have this new manifestation of your God-given talent. And then comes this time where it's, hmm, what should I do with this? What is the next step? And I know you battled in there a little bit and maybe the first yes could be coming. So talk to us about how this epiphany, this aha kind of led you to, I don't know, a quandary of all sorts. Yes. Well, I think I've had, I think I've had a lot of ahas in my career. One of them happened, um, I guess it was probably 12 years after I had created that Santa Jesus art. And I knew God wanted me to do something with it. And I was, you know, making stuff for uh, mission trips and selling, you know, gifts that people could buy. So, you know, we could fund people to go on mission trips and things like that. But I knew that there was more to it. And alongside that, my business was struggling. This was around 2006. And I came to a point where my assistant came to me and she's like, Beth, we can't make payroll this week. And that had happened quite a bit the year before. (laughs) So I thought we were over that. And when she said that, it just hit me really hard. And I remember that night just praying to God out of my gut. I mean, that's a place that is very difficult because you are giving God everything that you thought your life was about. My identity of who I was was wrapped up in being a graphic designer, but obviously it wasn't being blessed. It wasn't, it wasn't going anywhere and we weren't able to, to pay our bills. So that told me maybe this isn't where God wants me. And that was the hardest prayer I ever had because I had to say, Lord, if this isn't where you want me, then this isn't where I want to be. And it still chokes me up because I can remember that moment. And it's almost like I'm praising him through it to open my eyes to what he wants. As much as I wanted to keep my business, I didn't want it that bad. But the weird thing is what happened over the next couple of years was increased blessings of graphic design business. I I was shocked with how people were walking in the door left and right. I hadn't seen them in years. And they're like, I bet you're surprised to see me. And, And I learned to share with them that, no, you are an answered prayer. And I would tell them my whole story and it became a testimony. And I I was bold and I was brave in sharing that because I knew God had given me that. But what's interesting is I also didn't realize the timing of through the ambigrams in that Santa Jesus art, God gave me the idea to create a book. And it happened that same year that I had prayed this prayer to God. And he was preparing me for the next step, but I think he knew I wasn't ready. So he gave me back what I thought I wanted while he was starting me on the book. I had no idea the book was gonna take off and and be what it was going to be, but he laid the groundwork for that. And I know that it happened because I surrendered. And I, I gave it to him. It's like, you know, 
let's do what you want to do now. <laughs> and he let me do both, <laughs> which is God, you know, he gives us what we want and then he gives us what we need and then he lets us choose. And it's taken me a long time to finally let go of the business. And I'm thankful to Karen for helping me do that. Because <laughs> she kept saying, Beth, it seems like you're not talking that much about graphic design anymore. And she's like, have you thought about, you know, retiring or moving on to the book? I said, yeah, 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 I really want to do that, but I don't know how to do it. So I won't do it. And she gave me all the steps that I needed to be able to make that shift and to see it kind of from the outside in. So thank you. <laughs> I didn't give magic steps. I think we had a conversation and I don't know, God put me in your life at the right time as the pieces aligned and then he just layered opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. When your heart opened to what the next phase could look like. Mm -hmm. And I, I was just there as a catalyst. You know, guys, I don't know if anybody out there listening has an accountability partner. It's funny because we basically get on the phone and <laughs> we just talk about our lives for like an hour. <laughs> What's going on with the dogs? How was your trip here? And then at the last five minutes, I'm like, were we accountable to each other for anything? And the funny part is the accountability is knowing that there is this time that we have with each other where we, our hearts can just be opened and it's in that gift of conversation. And it could be about anything that we hear or we say what the other needs. And I, I firmly believe there is no coincidence. It's not, you know, it happened because no, it's because it happened and it's because he was there and his presence was real and alive and the Holy Spirit was moving the pieces of the puzzle. Really? And, you know, I got to learn about Beth and the ambigram and then we were out to lunch one day and she has these cards, the small cards, kind of almost like on a keychain, like a key fob, like business card size. And I just thought of all the different applications and we started talking and her books are amazing. The one thing I will say in the in this kind of a pause point, as you were trying to describe the, ambigra the ambigram, people will have no idea. So when you guys are done, we're going to make you stay till the end before we give you Beth's website, because that's what a good producer does. Um, <laughs> but you have to go look. And when you see them, you'll be like, whoa, how does a brain, how does a talented person see these two things. And Beth is going to talk here in a minute about her books and the way the ambigram can be used in different settings. But I just saw, I saw this person on the other end of the Zoom screen with such a passion to leverage this gift to, to spread God's word. And so let's talk a little bit about that. You, you talked about, okay, so the book, the book was a catalyst to that. But you didn't just sit down and write a book. Right. There was a little bit of process in there. And I am, as an aspiring book writer myself, this story, I don't know, by the time we're done, we might be on the same schedule. But talk a little bit about the process you went through to get out this, this, this piece of, I don't know, this piece of worship, really. <laughs> oh, I love that word. 
piece of worship. That's that's awesome. Sometimes I I just I just wonder how many amazing ways God is going to use this book. Let me tell you just a little bit about it for the, the listeners. So so let me tell you about the first book that I created. It's called The Other Side of Christmas. And it uses that art that I created with the Santa one way and Jesus the other way, which is kind of a sneak peek for what the book is going to be about. So as you as you go through the book, all the pages have pictures of the activities of the holiday. And when you get to the last page, it turn, the type goes around the side. So you have to turn the book upside down. And now you go back through those same pictures and now it tells the chronological story of the birth of Jesus using those same images. Now, let me, let me help you paint a picture so you can sort of understand this. If you can picture three stockings hanging on a mantle and you flip it upside down, we have three shepherds in the manger. And I'll give you a second to try to process that. And most of the sketches that I do, it's very simple. Um, I call it like the skeleton of the picture. And that lets me know if it actually is going to work the other way. So that was the first sketch that I did. And the other one, I drew a, a curved line to represent a horizon. And I put a little arc in the sky. And that represents Santa flying over the town. And when I flipped it upside down, I was so surprised and I saw Mary and Joseph traveling into the town of Bethlehem. That was only two lines on one napkin in a restaurant. And that's when I knew that a book was born. And it seemed, it seemed like it would be easy and it would be fun because I came up with these two ideas in under three minutes. So I knew there was a book to be made. And the person that I wanted to do it was backed up three years and didn't have time to fit it in. Had I known it was going to take me eight years to get it done, I probably would have stuck with him. <laughs> but I turned to three close friends and I asked that they would pray to find out who I should turn to at this point to help do the illustrations. And within 24 hours, each of them independently came to me and they said, Beth, I think you're supposed to do it. And instead of that being an encouragement for me, it scared me. And I, I didn't want what I knew was a great concept to be ruined because the kind of art that I do couldn't compete in the world of children's books. And it was through, I guess it was maybe three years later after dragging my feet, I was with um, some Christian mentors and they said, how come you haven't finished this book? This looks amazing. My little sketches that were like four inches by four inches. And I said, because the kind of art that I do wouldn't be good enough. And they said, Beth, if God has inspired you to do this book, you have the tools to complete it. You have what, what you need. So they encouraged me to consider that direction. So you've talked to the folks, you've got three people, you've been very clearly, God is, God is, God's asked you to illustrate the book. This is going to be you. Right. When you talked about the fact 
that you were afraid your your art, your drawings would not be good enough for a children's book. When you've had such a clear message from these people that you trust in your life, God is clearly saying, this is what I'm asking you to do. And you said it a few minutes before, God, God doesn't ask us to do things without provision. So he has provided in you that ability. And when you, he, when you said that other statement, I'm not good enough, that is the enemy over there just fighting, to, to, just fighting to wedge in there and to say, oh, no, no, you're not going to be good at this. So that, you know what? He, he wants you believing that so the book doesn't get published because of, the, because of the magnitude of the message you're putting out there to those audiences. And when you talk about the books, and I might be going out of sequence, so let's we'll stop me if we need to. But when you talk about the books and you talk about sharing them with children and gifting them to children, the children can become the voices. The parents are reading these books. These books are for young children. Right. And the messages, as the parents read them or the teachers or the Bible study facilitator, Sunday school, whomever, is the conduit of this message to a child has to say the words out loud as they read them. It becomes another message to the adult. So through this gift of a very simple story with magical pictures, <laughs> you have become a prophet. Wow. You're looking at me. It's funny because <laughs> we record this on Zoom. I know I say that all the time, but Beth just looked at me as if I was really weird because I called her a prophet. Well, what's interesting is people have called me a minister and this, this format, this podcast has become a ministry of bringing such amazing stories to these, to other women, but I am not a minister. That's, I looked at somebody the same way. We're looking at each other like, oh, I'm not a prophet. Those are really, (laughs) but they're really big religious words. But really, if you look down and you look at the definition of them, a prophet tells a story. They share a truth, right? Oh, yes. Thank you. And your books tell a story and share a truth to so many audiences that might not want to pick up that particular truth. Right. They know the upside down story, the one with the big hat and the stockings and the sleigh. (laughs) And in flipping it, you now introduce them to a story that they may not even know that their heart is ready to receive. That is a gift of prophecy. And it does make your book one of the most amazing tools of worship Mm -hmm. that I've seen in such a creative way. Well, thank you. I, I definitely, I know it's an evangelical tool and I, I have had some um, people say to me that they don't like that Santa and Jesus are in an image together. I'd say maybe one in a hundred and it's, it doesn't discourage me because I know that it's a message that can speak to, to both sides. And it, I kind of, think it's designed more or that God has designed it for the masses. You know, maybe not everybody that's in church or in leadership at church. And I just think he's hitting in the middle to the mainstream America that, that want to embrace 
this concept. I, I think it's a way to share the gospel in a safe way, disguised as a children's book. And it's a way to share your faith with your neighbor. You know, um, when, when people are concerned about Santa and Jesus being in a picture together, I remind them that they have an opportunity to share this with their neighbor who only celebrates Santa. And once I position it that way, they get it. You know, they understand it. I'm not um, hurting the face of Jesus because I've added Santa to it. What you've done is you've given, you've taken... I don't know. It's like putting on a different pair of glasses. When you put on your ambigram glasses, <laughs> you can see things in a different way. And sometimes people don't know that they're looking for a different definition until it's what they can see. And I think the gift of your art, the books, the ambigram, and your passion to bring that faith message forward to the masses, utilize, leveraging your talents, isn't, it sounds really simple when I say it just like that. Oh my gosh, okay, you're a talented artist. You're gonna leverage your talents and you're gonna put it in a book. And then we're gonna share this beautiful message with people who may not even know that they wanna hear it, but it isn't that simple. And it's not that simple because we're human and we have fears, we have roadblocks, we manifest some of them. Some of them are the enemy literally, you know, throwing logs across the road so that we trip and fall praying we don't get up. But you said yes multiple times. You said, yes, I want to please you. You said, yes, but I can't seem to move. And then that's where that negative self-talk came in mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah. tried to derail you. But the third yes was a promise. And you said, yes, I hear you. I will do this. I know that you've got my back. And then all of a sudden, creating this book became a joyful experience. Again, yes. It started out fun. And then that middle part was just so hard. But I was just reminded that um, God gives us what we need to complete what he asks of us. And the other thing is when God's in charge of something, he's not competing with what else is already out there in the world. It didn't matter what other children's books look like. And it was like, I don't know, it was um, an epiphany to realize that God had this. And as long as I gave my all to it, then he would take it from there and do his thing. And the joy came back. And the interesting part is I remember thinking that I want to get this done at least in the next month because Christmas was coming up and I really wanted to have the book finished. And I decided that I would work on it every single day, that I would work on it whether it was for three minutes or three hours, because when I wasn't working on it, this big wall would grow up between me and the book. And I don't know if 
anybody else struggles with that. Whenever we have something to do that doesn't have a deadline and it's on top of all the other things that we're doing and this big, huge thing is hanging on our back. Well, that's what the book was for me. And then once I got into the right mindset and knew that, that this would bring joy to God, then I wanted to finish it and see it to completion. And then it only took, you know, two months. <laughs> Well, as an aspiring writer and an aspiring professional public speaker, you know this side of me. And the wall is real. And for whomever has the dream in their heart, or some people don't know what their God-given purpose is. The voices aren't as clear. The roadmap isn't as great. They don't have three friends say, yes, you need to. (laughs) But even if it's black and white, that fear is just such, it, it, it can be crippling. It can be paralyzing. And the piece that I heard you say that just moves me is that when you took the step, God already knows the delivery. He knows where we're going to go. He, he knew about the book. He knew about the other side of Easter, which we will wrap up with because it is tis the season. Um, <laughs> God knew. He needed you to come along at the pace that you were okay with and surrounds us with the support to do that. But a big part is overcoming the fear and leading with the faith, knowing that he will provide. It's one of my greatest struggles. And I hope if folks are listening, they are so motivated and moved by the journey that I shared a few minutes ago sounded really simple. Gift, talent, opportunity, message. Okay, if it was all that easy. But we all have to kind of just pause where we are to realize we're human and then take that baby step. You, you, how to get over the procrastination, how to step into, lean into these signs might be one step at a time and then be really take a moment to stop and look behind you because, whoa, those baby steps are going to be like a marathon completed behind us. And we don't ever give ourselves credit for what we've already done. So it's, I love when you share your story. It is an organic story of God moving in our lives, but you had the providence to listen. You heard, you asked, you prayed, you, you got on your knees and said, God, please. The humility it takes to ask God to just humble ourselves and surrender. I, I think that's the wall. That is the wall that fear gets built around. And once we can step into that, the wall kind of goes down, fear goes down, and then God's able to act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God didn't just act in helping you to create The Other Side of Christmas. There's also another book called The Other Side of Easter. <laughs> the timing of this podcast is, is on purpose, people. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Um, if you do not have those wonderful stocking stuffers yet, if you haven't found the special gift, I have a great niece and nephew. And it's not just because I'm great. It's because I have like... I have nieces and nephews that are old enough to have kids. Um, 
And I, cause I don't know a lot of little people, but I would gift this book, not just to children. I would gift this book to a friend who might need a light in their life that they might be stuck somewhere. Their heart might be heavy. These books are hope. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. And Beth, where, hmm, if somebody was looking for an Easter gift, a stocking stuffer, or perhaps just a gift to lighten someone's day, where might they find the other side <laughs> of Easter or Christmas or the duo so they can plan ahead? Sure. So, so the books are offered as a bundle set. If you want to get both books, you can go to bethgully.com and that's B-E-T-H-G-U-L-L-Y.com. You really can't understand the power and the beauty behind the ambigram until you see it in the beautiful drawings that Beth has created. And I'm a hundred percent certain that you will be as moved by the God-given talent and the prophecy that comes from this beautiful art. And I think as we wrap up today, Beth shared that whatever he, whatever our divine father has inspired us to do, we are in fact equipped. He inspired her to write the book. He helped her realize that she had the ability and the tools to complete it. And regardless how, of how weak we think we are, God thinks differently. He created us in his image. He didn't create weakness. He created strength and he created beauty. And when we step into that greatness, we honor him and we trust him. So I will challenge everybody listening. What do you need to say yes to? You might have to say yes once, twice, or three times, but hopefully today you've heard some steps that you can leverage to help you answer the call because it's already in you. It's just time to step into it. Beth, I, I knew this would be fun. Thank you so much for joining us on It's Her Story. Thanks so much for having me. This has been just a thrill. Thank you, Karen. It's a great way to spend a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. The sun is shining in Ohio. It's probably warmer <laughs> wherever the rest of you are, but we're just, we're just grateful there's some sun. So we'll wrap up today knowing that we'll be back next week with another story of how God led them to it, delivered them through it, and prepared them for it. And from all of your friends at Women in Christian Leadership and Beth and I, may grace be yours. Thank you for listening to It's Her Story. I'm your host, Karen Colonna, bringing the heart, the soul, and the brilliance of women to the forefront through their unique stories. If you have a story that you'd like to share, if you'd like to learn more, visit us online at womeninchristianleadership.com. Subscribe so that you don't miss our brilliant lineup of guests. We hope that you'll join us next time for another episode of It's Her Story, brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership, a Jeannie Porter production.